This is G.I. Joburg, a dedicated team of G.I. Joes stationed in the southernmost tip of the Dark Continent. Here, the Third World and First World collide. Here, nostalgia survives. My name is Stephen. And he's joined by Robert. And this is Paul. And of course, Special Missions Cujo is on the scene from Long Beach, West Coast, the City of Madness. And this is episode 69. 69. Or as we like to call it, filling the gap. There it is. Because in this episode, we're talking about personnel, weapons, equipment, vehicles, things that G.I. Joe and Cobra needed but never got. But first, gentlemen, regular segment, if you please. Any new shit? <laughs> <laughs> Negative on that one in the large part, or at least for G.I. Joe stuff. I was well, very close moving to pulling swiftly the along then. <laughs> <laughs> in keeping with the theme of uh, episode 69, I got a whole lot of deek. Nice, that's good. And please and continue. I got some Sunbow too. I have finally, finally bought the entire range of DVDs. I got it all. All the Deke, all the bow. Yay for me. <laughs> and it's about damn time too. Don't hate, Paul, don't hate. Some of us uh, have been living in denial about Falcon's drug addiction. <laughs> I got some Joe print on my G.I. Joe Marvel uh, reread. I'm up to the part where Saw Viper just cut down a bunch of people. And he's a character that didn't really hit the first time around, but he's an interesting one in the comic. So if you're reading the comics, uh, throw your thoughts at me, at 86Kujo on Twitter. That's my new Jonas. That's brilliant, because, I mean, he's probably one of the only, like, lethal Cobra characters ever. Because, like, that's the only, like, mass culling of G.I. Joe characters, at least in the original run. I was trying to think of an 80s actor who would have played him, just the way his mannerisms are in the uh, comic. All I could think was, like, maybe Lundgren, Dolph Lundgren, if he was drunk the whole time. I don't know. <laughs> I was just thinking the same thing. Well, not the drunk part, but I also thought, thought Dolph Lundgren would be good for that. A Dolph Lundgren or, like, a Rutger Hauer character. Oh, good call. Yeah. So I think that's a wrap on new shit. Am I, am I correct? It sounds like it, yeah. Expect September to be another animation tribute. We are gearing up to do Arise, Serpentor Arise, which is a miniseries that I'm very excited to do some G.I. Joburg reviews of. I don't know about you guys, but I started re-watching it the other day, and it's good. I mean, compared it's to the shit good. that we're used to sifting through with uh, Ron Friedman, you know, doing the usual schlock every single damn time, there are some new elements in Arise to Pencil Arise that make for an interesting watch. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I hope our listeners are too. It definitely sets up the movie in some regards. It has got a like slightly more serious tone and does sort of hark back to some of the adventure themes of the of the show. But these are all awesome topics we're going to get into when we cover that fabled miniseries. But now, it's time for our new segment, Definitive Sculpts. However... Tonight, we're talking head sculpts. And because it's episode 69, we're also talking crotch pieces. So, 
we are going to discuss our personal favorite picks for heads and crotches. I did not come up with this idea. I'm just going to put that out there. G.I. <laughs> Joe needs these kind of bold issues confronted. It's yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think it's important that uh, we get, you know, down to it, down to this kind of topic. and Sure, that we really form just... the tip of the spear Yes. when we go deep into these issues. I would hate for us to get, like, that far and then, you know, have to be forced to turn around, you know? But uh, sometimes it gets interesting when you do that. Are you talking like asked him out? Hey, no, I didn't say <laughs> You know, you don't you go asked him out. turning around on me. How do you turn around? Uh, like, is that what? I don't know. It's been so long since I last had sex, I forget who gets tied up. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, the way I used to do this back uh, when I was actually playing G.I. Joe with my friends is we would pick our characters in order of alphabetical first name. In First name, alphabetical order, yes. You mean in first name of the of the GI jokes? I can't remember all their first names. Negatory, brother. I'm talking our first name. Your first name is Rob. My first name is Steven. You would always go ahead of me, and you would always get Snake Eyes first. So tonight, I think uh, we're going to start with Cujo. Because you start with a C. <laughs> I'm ready. I mean, you got to go with me first. Damn. Well, okay, before before we actually list our best heads and crotches, <clears throat> uh, what were your criteria, gentlemen, in coming up with your favorites? Uh, just, at least personally for me, uh, just the uniqueness, how they stood out to me uh, when I first laid eyes on them, and just because of the subject matter and, and how classy we are, I'm trying to marry the two, so, so it can get interesting. For me, it was a matter of... Uh is it an interesting part? Like, does it have any weird kind of features or functions to it that make it uh, that make it stand out? Um, is there anything that's trademarkable on the um, sculpt itself? Like, has it got a, something like a unique feature, like a scar, or have we seen it again in other pop culture references? Is it unique? Uh, that that kind of criteria. I mean, I didn't go too hard and fast on it. I just wanted to get something a bit, uh, you know, just to. Just <laughs> Hey, oh, what do you mean there's sexual innuendos on this episode? Anyway, so I just wanted to just get something that was interesting. Uh, with the episode number being what it was, I was doing my absolute best to avoid um, any kind of sexual innuendo with the faces. Um, <laughs> and uh, I also tried to not be as obvious. Well, there's some characters that are amazing, but they don't necessarily always have the best head sculpt. I was basically just looking for yeah, the, the figure that gave me the best head. Something you need <laughs> ass. An ass, yeah. Um, well, actually, the, the, weirdly enough, yeah, my, my head and my, my crotch come from different places. <laughs> As it should be. <laughs> and uh, we're, we're, uh, we're not all about heteronormative <laughs> on G.I. Joburg, so you might see some same-sex heads and crotches uh, uh, being thrown together. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I, I'll tell you right now, both of my, 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 my pieces are from men. Oh, my. <laughs> but I have a lot yeah. of notable mentions, so... Oh. There might be a couple of ladies yeah. in there. Oh, thank God. I'm, I was worried that I was going to be the only one with uh, notable mentions. <laughs> <laughs> you can always count on being the one with notable mentions, Paul. So we have uh, preempted that and we'll back you up. But without further ado, Kujo, your ultimate head and crotch, if you please. You got it, brother. I thought about going Route 1, but I'm going to try and be uh, actually quite obvious 
My first head sculpt, um, just for this topic, is going to be the nullifier. Because if you kind of look at his his face shield, if you're not if you can't find nullifier in your mind right now, he's one of Destro's people, so you know he's got like an outlandish appearance. His visor has some ridges on it. You know, it could give people a good time. And if if you flip that back, it's kind of like a, a banana seat on a bike. I know, I know, guys, I know. That's my definitive head sculpt for uh, issue sixty nine. And which crotch are you marrying that to? As far as the the crotch piece, I thought I thought long and hard about that. <laughs> but uh, dude, <laughs> I am absolutely incorrigible tonight. I've had a few. As have I. Cheers, brother. Have um, you had some crotches? Long and hard. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. I'm going to go with Python Patrol Copperhead. I've mentioned this crotch piece before. One of the laziest selections in the line. I mean, you got a guy who's driving a swamp buggy and he's wearing yellow underwear. How are you going to intimidate people if you have wet yellow underwear on? That's well, he's not... typically sitting down, isn't he? So have you seen the size of that banana? <laughs> I guess. But, I mean, plantain if the water's cold. But that's that's my definitive crotch piece. Plantain's got girth, baby. <laughs> yeah, that, don't don't knock it. Apparently, I think for my uh, speculative crotch piece, I'm gonna go with Shooter because that's the booty we've never seen, so it's in the mind. Those are my picks, gentlemen. Mind booty. That's right. You heard it here on GI Joburg. I can't get over that. That copperhead crotch piece. I mean, Kujo, you are, you're definitely having us on. That's your pick. Your favorite crotch piece in the entire line is that. Maybe not favorite, but notable. Cause like the Python patrol is, is sick. I mean, that was like the counter to Mission Brazil. I loved it, but like copperhead and yellow underwear? Like, no. So notable, maybe not favorite. Was Python Patrol really the counter to Mission Brazil? I thought it was the counter to Tiger Force. Or rather, should I say, I thought Tiger was the counter to to that. Sorry, Kujo, I just got to make let our listeners know that we know this shit. I would hate to have somebody listening on the other end of this going, oh, these guys, if only I was there, I'd correct them right now. Mission Brazil was 86, Python Patrol was 89. So, and Tiger Force was 88. So I, I think maybe maybe Paul's uh, one up to you on this one, Cooch. But it's okay. Yes. I think people like us for our oddball charm. We sometimes get it wrong, you know? It uh, creates interesting talking points. <clears throat> like on our MCC video on YouTube. Yeah. Well, the Python Patrol does come after both of them. So it's a response to both of them. So I think you're both right. Oh, well, I, I can be wrong, gentlemen. That, that's America for you. Peacemaker Rob in the house. All I'm saying is that you're part of an elite unit called Python Patrol. You better be sporting some top-notch crotch. That's right. You know, it reminds me of those disgusting, like, banana-flavored sort of chewy sweets that you get in jars at uh, the corner cafes. I don't know. It's the same, like, yellow hue. It's like a, it's not quite like a natural fruit kind of yellow. It's a... It's an, synthetic sweet kind of yellow yeah it's, it's very disco yeah but now that you frame no, it like that that's a very tasty looking crotch banana <laughs> now, now, Rob. Right? Yeah. banana milkshake 
Paul, <laughs> pull us out of this quagmire of pythons. Uh, <clears throat> what is your do. favorite head and crotch? Okay, I'm going to start with my favorite head sculpt because I think the head's a good place to start before you move down to the crotch. Okay, this might um, surprise you folks, or it may not. Um, I picked 1988 Iron Grenadier um, as like one of the best, if not the best um, head sculpt, just because, as I may have mentioned before, I love the detail on this face and this mask. It's quite terrifying, not so much in an illustrated format, but on the figurine. It comes across as a real goose-stepping, freaky soldier look, and I've always appreciated that, uh, even though Destro is not really that kind of regiment. But anyway, uh, well, even though the Iron Grenadiers are not really like that, but I've just always found this to be quite a terrifying head sculpt, I could have gone with a lot of faces and a lot of, uh, you know, really well-sculpted heads and things like that, you know, stuff that, you know, mirrored the um, the box arts and things like that. But I actually had a feeling that a lot of you guys would go for that. And the Iron Grenadier's head sculpt has just always stood out to me. It's always stood out to me as being a classy piece. Moving on to our favorite crotch and our, you know, notable piece of ass, <laughs> I was going to suck her in for the Baroness uh, because that's a crotch to love. But we have spoken about it in depth before in previous episodes. I mean, we have a whole term designed for it. We call it the vaginal void. But Dr. Mindbender has a very interesting crotch. And that's a line I never thought I'd say out loud. Anyway, the thing that makes it so cool is that he kind of started and he created this whole fad of wearing cool metal bits over your Johnson and you know he's got this this belt that's got some little pouches, but it's not it's not very military. It's just it's also very um, I want to say kind of Nazi esque, very typical of a villain. But it's actually quite functional, and it stands out as being one of the more functional crotch pieces in the Cobra Legion. Uh, most notably because a lot of Cobras tend to have a metal plate over their crotch. Obviously, these are men that are used to getting their balls kicked. A lot. You know, everybody's kicking them in the nuts. But Dr. Mindbender, being the genius that he is, has designed some kind of interface that is on the belt buckle. And uh, it's difficult to see if you look at the pictures on yojo.com. You have to actually look at the figure in hand or look at the box art. But you'll actually see there's a, a button or two on the actual belt buckle itself. And it is there on the, on the sculpt. It's just um, because of the silver, it's a little bit tricky to see. But I'm sure one of those belt buckles opens up the you know, his crotch section so that the man can pee. Okay? That is some forward thinking, folks. That is, if you're going to be a villain, be a villain with certain conveniences. And there it is. Okay? That's nice. I mean, yeah, you can walk up. I mean, Mindbender must be really popular. He gets a few drinks and whatever, and he goes, Hello, Baroness, you want to see crotch piece? And she's like, Oh, how gallant. And he's like, <laughs> No, really, look at Patton does. And he's got LED lights, and he's like doing disco dance, and he's so cool. So, yeah, uh, Mindbender has to get my two thumbs up for... It's interesting because I, he must actually be very well endowed. Because not only does he have the, the metallic crotch piece, but he has a harness to actually keep his crotch in place. Yeah, he has to keep that thing straddled, bro. <laughs> it's like well, it's, he, he it's can't all... release it too often, you know. It's all in the name, gentlemen. Um, Ooh, okay, Mindbender. Like... Nice. Uh, I, yeah, I do have beef bender. with the. Uh, <laughs> I do have beef with the grenadier pick though, because 
Although I agree with you, I love that design. The paint on the red part of his mask was kind of sloppy on the figure, wasn't it? On mine, it wasn't. But the problem is, is that red is so bright that when you put red on anything and you don't give it any kind of panel lining or any kind of like wash, yeah, it is very stark. So it's part of what made it interesting to me when I used to go over to Dave's house and stuff because he had an Iron Grenadier. And when we used to play with these figures, you know, sometimes I'd be like sitting there and I'd be staring at this toy and then the light just hit it right. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay, this is actually a really beautiful piece of sculpting. I mean, my my 10 year old or 11 year old brain didn't think that it was just like, wow, this guy looks really scary, you know, and he looks really interesting. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I mean, it's not a sloppy paint job. It's just it's just bright red. Yeah, I think you're right about the wash. That's a good call. It's also a head sculpt that's translated really well in the modern era. And although it doesn't seem to have the same menacing feel as the vintage figure does, it's still translated really well. And it doesn't seem to have lost too much, if anything, really. It's just maybe if I'd seen the modern era first, I would have grown more of an attachment to that. I was just going to say that I lost my own personal childhood Iron Grenadier very early in the game and never really got the chance to appreciate all the little intricacies of the design. So I must say that to my, I think I was about four or five, that brain, it seemed very simplistic to have just this gloppy red face mask, no eye detail. The visor kind of becomes just black and seeps into the black helmet. So that always kind of put me off his head sculpt and made it seem too basic to, to, to really function in the same way that the Python Patrol Crimson Guardsman has a unfinished head sculpt look. The paint on the original IG ruined it for me, but as an adult, I can appreciate what they were going for. I am in support of Cujo's point that, like, call it what you will. You, you, you say it's sloppy paint work. I just say it's not sufficient paint variation to bring out everything that's going on there. But that's part of the design. That's The, the card art is black helmet, red face mask, black visor. So they they were working with the design specs. They were working with the the look sheet. I don't know, Paulie. That's the best you got. Hmm. It's definitely a super fave because this was my struggle. Okay, because I looked at Cobra for head sculpts first, just because as a kid I used to love a lot of the Cobra head sculpts. For me, um, seeing the face was like, oh, okay, it's just a man. It's a man, man. Yay. You know. So it took a while for me, as I matured, for me to appreciate things like the face sculpts on the characters. So I looked at helmets and masks and, and all that, and I wanted to, at least in my favorite head sculpt, I wanted to try and avoid things like removable helmets, not because I don't like them. I love removable helmets on a figurine. I just find that that is not really part of the face sculpt. It's just something that adds to it, and often a face sculpt has to suffer because you have to put a helmet over it. You know, I looked at things like the Toxa Viper and um, the Heat Viper at all, and Although they, some of these things are very cool, I just find that there wasn't any kind of nostalgic... Uh, it's not just nostalgic, but there was just no like real love. Like I was just like, okay, this is really cool. I think this is great, but maybe it's a bit plain. I can't really call this my favorite if one has to put a critical eye on these things. Well, Paul, I'm not going to penalize you for using the nostalgia card. That always holds currency with me. So, bam, Iron Grenadier, you're number one. Booyah. I can appreciate that. IG-88, that's not bad. <laughs> hey, what the fuck? That, huh? That's amazing. Was that by design? IG88, uh, Iron Grenadier, no, released in 1988? Holy shit. Yeah, 
But IG-88 is the, the droid assassin from... I know, right? Oh, okay, I'm just making... Oh, yes. What? Oh, yes. That just happens what? to be a coincidence. But wasn't he... He was introduced in um, Empire Strikes Back, right? IG-88, the assassin droid, yes. In 86. 80. 88. No, 1980. 80. Oh, and then Return of the Jedi came out 86. Nice. 83. 83. Oh, wow. But I mean, the, 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 this the, is the why big, I'm a G.I. Joe podcaster. <laughs> the big coincidence is IG-88 is the name of the droid and Iron Grenadiers were released in 1988. That's pretty contrived, but that's kind of cool. That um, is awesome. Wow. Um, and you heard it here on G.I. Joe. That's how we do it. Robbie? Let's have your picks, buddy. Awesome. So, so yeah. So my my top. Well, actually, not really much my top head sculpt because I think originally when I was I was um, being caught up to date on the subject, I was I was presented with top mouth sculpt. So <laughs> mine was more focused specifically on the mouth of the head. Um, but anyway. Oh, nice. So there are a lot of nice mouths in the GI Joe um, <laughs> sculpt range. Pretty mouths. <laughs> no, I mean it's it is actually quite interesting. I mean in general they're they're quite neutral. Um but some figures have have expressions in their faces and, and probably my favorite expression, I mean it, it goes out from the mouth up to his, his entire face. And it's one that I, I mean, it actually has a, a, a certain degree of, of nostalgia attached to it. Is a is a figure from nineteen ninety one and that is version three grunt. Oh, <laughs> Oh yeah, he's got that gurn. He's like a <laughs> Yeah, he's gurning like a mofo. Yeah. And he has, he, yeah, he's just like he's really like, he's got this really shouty mouth on him. For me, at least, the most expressive expression, at, at least on on any Joe that I've seen. And he has this really great um like like buzz cut his hair, like it, his entire top of his head is completely flat. So that kind of adds to the aesthetic. He's almost like Guile from like Street Fighter, but with black hair. Yes. It's just probably <laughs> one of the most memorable faces. And also, open mouth. If I recall correctly, anytime anyone uh, played with that action figure, the running gag was that he was always shouting. Yeah, no, he always shouted. Like, you couldn't play with him and not have him shouting, because that's what he was doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's never a stealth mission when version 2 uh, Grunt is involved. Three. The distinction between the swivel arm and the straight arm versions. I'm just going by Yojo's. You're know. a dick. Oh, dickhead. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> okay, so my favorite crotch actually comes basically uh, from, <laughs> <laughs> from a discussion we all had in episode 68. And um, it became my favorite, not just yeah because of the discussion we had, but because I, I mean it's it's got nice paint applications, nice detailing, and that would be version one of Cobra Commander. If people do remember in our in our 68th episode, we we did discuss for a little bit, um, especially with prompting from Kujo, you know the kind of the weirdness that he has this kind of triangle um, belt buckle instead of like a Cobra belt buckle, which I mean most of the dudes tend to have, and and how like how weird that was, and we kind of went on a whole cool tangent for a while. And I really like that. It kind of bigged up this, this crotch for me. Um, it kind of made it a lot more like in my face than it probably has been before. Also, the cool thing about this, you know, the entire crotch area is that there's, there's nice like color applications. The belt buckle itself is red. This cool black belt, that nice sort of blue, the kind of like 
Uh, it's not really baby blue, I suppose it's more like a sky type blue. And he also has these two pockets at the back. But the interesting thing about his pockets, or at least compared to a lot of the earlier Joes, is that he has essentially inside pockets. Because you'll notice with a lot of, at least the G.I. Joes, that they have outside pockets, where the entire pocket itself is detailed on the outside. While with Cobra Commander, I mean, it's essentially, it's the little flap at the top, with like a little, little, you know, the button. And I, you know, I just thought that was interesting that it's different. Well, it's very flattering to his figure because, I mean, let's face it, CC has got a pretty cute butt. Yeah, no, no, for, for sure. Cobra Commander's got a toit butt, like shipwreck. Tight dress pants, definitely, definitely. It's amazing he goes into battle in that outfit, but that's probably why he's always retreating so quickly, you know, because he's like, I cannot go any farther with these tight pants, and I've done another rip. That's not right. They're probably some kind of lycra. He can swivel his hips around. He's good. That's true. There's also a tasty uh, paint application. The the stripe on his left side starts uh, starts at the at the crotch piece. Yes. Which is I uh, love the stripe. The, oh, that's pure class, man. Absolutely. Yeah. So those are my two choices. I've I've uh, sixty nine grunt to Cobra Commander. Very nice. <laughs> Just bringing the GI Joes and the Cobras closer together. Steven. Tell us about your favorite head and crotch. Oh, it's all so easy to dip into the, the crass side of life when the topic involves um, 69s and heads and crotches. So, I mean, I'm going to start out with some, some notable mentions. Uh, <laughs> I went through a lot of crotches today, and one stood out with distinction of being the most obscenely protruding crotch in the vintage line. And that has got to go hands down to torch anyone in possession of this original 1985 figure. Get it out now. Compare how this man's bulge bulges relative to the other figures of his of his ilk. Uh, the dreadnoks, everybody, everybody's yeah. The, the guy's like smuggling socks in there or something. I, I don't know. It's it's quite obscene. Anyway. <laughs> balanced that with the version 1 low light from 86 which has a pretty nondescript grey suit but his crotch piece in particular has a very prominent zipper which starts <laughs> below his belt and runs all the way down to where the plastic runs out this is like this zipper goes to his asshole okay um and it is done up in a garish silver, like it is meant to to pop. And <laughs> I, I I need um just illustrate my point with this audio drop from uh, the delightful action figure therapy, which I yeah I just can't get enough of. Here is their their low light spot or sniper spot entitled lollipops and condoms. Being a sniper is pretty cool. I really like being able to send a 50 caliber steel jacketed ticket to hell through some deserving a-hole's chest cavity from a half mile away. What I don't like is the way I get treated off-duty wearing this outfit. I get it. This hat, these goggles, this baggy jumpsuit makes me look like some sort of pedophile. It's not bad enough that I already look like an albino Rutger Hauer. The Action Force then decided to issue me clothes that look like they're made for burning forensic evidence in a steel drum out in the woods. Couple that with the genius who decided to give me devil red goggle lenses that make it look like I'm wearing x-ray specs specifically designed to see through second graders' pants while sucking the innocence out of their souls. 
Last week, I filled out a requisition form for a vehicle, and when I got to the motor pool, my two options were an ice cream truck filled with filthy futon mattresses, or a dented-up primer-gray panel van with a baby-on-board sticker on the back and the words Born to Rape scrawled across the side in purple Krylon paint. Ha-ha, guys. Real funny. It was probably the same cockbag who stuffed my rucksack with lollipops and glow-in-the-dark condoms last week when I went to speak at the Eagle Scouts meeting. Again, really funny, pricks. Also, to whichever one of you jagovs added my house as a red dot on the sex offender identification website, you can be expecting a special red dot of your own to be showing up on your forehead sometime in the near future. Hope you took some nice pictures on your last vacation because it really looks like someone wants a closed casket funeral. That's right, you just pissed off the guy who can kill you from a different zip code. Good luck with that. It's it's huge and, and really announces itself. I mean, why are you keeping your zipper on the outside in the first place? I mean, is this like, this must be kind of like a jumpsuit kind of vibe, except it's not a zipper that goes all the way up. It's really just to unzip his fly all the way. Maybe it's a sniper <laughs> thing, you know? I mean, you're lying in position for hours, hours on end, and you just have to be able to quickly go to the toilet. Yeah, number two style. Yeah. Good explanation. But to get my mind out of the toilet or bedroom or wherever you guys like to do your 69, um, <clears throat> I made my primary consideration a practical one. I wanted a crotch piece that had a play feature because that would certainly make it stand head and shoulders above any other crotch. <laughs> Uh, under consideration. <laughs> and, yeah, we, we, you want, you want to have a play feature when it comes to a crotch piece. Because <laughs> I'm gonna mute the point, right? Is it just supposed to yeah. sit there on top of the legs, you know, holding the torso together? Uh, whatever. Uh, so, I mean, I looked at figures that had, uh, weapons that attached to the crotch. And, I mean, the Iron Grenadier is one of them, as is Budo. Uh, I think it started out with the dress blues gung ho from '87. Anyone who had a a sword had the option of having a hook on their on their belt, essentially. Uh, well, you know, a, a number of figures use that mechanism. But there's one crotch piece that has a rather unique feature, and I have not seen it used since. Certainly not in the vintage line, and it is hit and run from 1988. Hit and run's crotch piece has a hidden feature that, well, I guess it's not that hidden, it's quite patent, but as a child when I had this figure, I was not aware of it. It is not evident in the very brief uh, instructions that you find on the action figure card back, or card front, I should say. It's something that is really an Easter egg that you discover by playing with the figure. He came with included rope and accessories that use that rope, but the figure itself has a feature that can make use of the rope. And that is essentially what is a belt loop, basically taking the, the, the role of a climbing harness. Yeah, it's you like can a carabiner. Exactly. Yeah. A car carabiner. Carabiner? Carabiner. You can run a rope through the front of his belt because there is a protrusion that allows said rope to run through, and you can have him do a fast rope descent, or zipline descent. It is fucking fantastic, and really just makes this figure for me. If I didn't already love him because of his file card 
his badass camo scheme, his accessories. This is just the cream on the crop. The cherry on the top of his crotch. <laughs> Good save. <laughs> Thank you. Now, I, I love that pick, Steven. I You're like welcome. it. You're welcome. Uh, I, as I say, I'm big on features, and if I wasn't going to get nasty about it, I was going to do something that was practically cool. And not only practically cool, but aesthetically cool, and a hallmark of this character that has endured long since this particular iteration. But the one that I'm speaking about specifically, Destro version 1, 1983. I knew it. You did, did you? You bastard. I saw it coming. <laughs> I meant to actually ask you guys what you thought would be my, my practical pick, but uh, I don't know. That's just uh, unnecessary showboating. Destro version 1 above all other versions of Destro, nails something that no other appearance of Destro truly evoked. There's something quite mysterious, something quite devoid of life to his original head sculpt that I'm afraid the talking metal mask that we saw in the cartoon and even the, the, the comic book appearances didn't quite get right. There's a a vacuousness. There's an emptiness behind the eyes of that original head sculpt that is so very, I don't know, you can, you can read in so much. And the, the, the overwhelming emotion that I like to read in is kind of a grim determination, a very grave realization of what his function is. He knows that humankind's natural state is conflict and it is a responsibility that he bears not with any joy or any relish but he knows that he will facilitate his role in the ultimate destruction of the human race because that is our fate it's like Kyle Reese man or the Terminator saying it's our fate to destroy ourselves that's what I see in Destro's helmet and yes, I call it a helmet because that version one had a kind of a bulk to it, which the skin tight designs that we see coming out later of Destro's helmet don't really sell me on the fact that this is a heavy iron mask, which is as much an encumbrance as it is a protective layer. I see on the version one Destro two halves that actually fit together. You can see where the seam line is. You can see protection for his ears, which, I mean, I don't know if they later decide to cut Destro's ears off to try and fit it into that helmet, but there's no allowance for human anatomy in his later head sculpts. The first one, you can see eye slits. You can see a mouth slit. And this is just a gorgeous, very uh, vacant and unsympathetic look that, as I say, you can read so much into. And in the same sense, Anthony Daniels, when he was first auditioned for Star Wars and was told that he would not be visible, he would be playing a droid, he said, well, why would I want to do that? I've, I'm doing fine playing a human being. Why would I want to be essentially a mime? And then George Lucas showed him Ralph McQuarrie illustrations of the C-3PO character design, and he immediately fell in love with how 
sympathetic the character's face seemed, how much you could superimpose emotion on this mask. And in the same sense, version 1 Destro is so, so, so evocative. Anyway, gents, I think I've said my piece. It's a beautiful head sculpt. It speaks for itself and hasn't been surpassed since, in my opinion. And uh, I'm afraid the dispassionate look of that face mask has not translated to his on-screen and on paper. Well, his, his media appearances. Destro yeah. is a passionate character. And I suppose that's important in creating a compelling character. But there's something very spooky and distant about the original figure, which I so connect with. I so love that in my, my character. He's a character with honor, history, backstory, an enormous emotional burden, and this knowledge that we are ultimately going to wipe ourselves out. And his function is to facilitate that. If I can, if I can add something just to what you said, um, I totally agree with the spooky thing. I, I definitely feel that that um, figurine specifically, or his head sculpt, um, invokes a kind of a Hell 9000 feel. Uh, okay, I know it's an odd um, comparison, but Hell 9000 also is unemotive, and you uh, attach a lot of its sinister qualities to what you as a viewer imbue onto it, also because its actions are cold. And Destro's face sculpt, the, the original face sculpt, has a lot of that. For those of you who have never watched Gundam before, obviously there's um, Shah. Everybody knows uh, Shah from the Gundam series. He's a very popular character. And for the most part, he wears a mask because he's embroiled in a plot to kill the family that killed his parents. Anyway, what's more important there is it's just that that mask is designed to hide his true identity, but it also gets people rallying behind him. And it's created a bit of a trope within the Gundam series that there's always characters with masks. But one that stands out, to me at least, is from a series called F91. And his mask is very evocative of Destro's original design. It's also very uh, mannequin-ish, very uh, metallic, very hard, very cold, very stern looking. And I, I would not be surprised if the guys who did the Gundam F91 designs and things like that borrowed from Destro, because I can't think, you know, of any other kind of, I mean, aside from obviously the man in the iron mask, and I'm talking about from the original Musketeer stories, and I suppose if we have to really look deep, there's Metropolis as well. But yeah, very, very cool, uh, very, very cool choice, Steve. I mean, I was expecting it, and I, I was expecting it not because, I, I, not just because I know you, but because it is actually a very good head sculpt, and I, I I just had a feeling you would gravitate towards that. I don't know. It's just one of those things. It's shown up every other Destro helmet, to be honest. If they can't duplicate that original look, I don't want to have anything to do with it because I just love that so much. <laughs> it was my first blushing with Destro, in fact. I saw that helmet or mask very faithfully recreated in an Action Force comic book which I treasured because it not only had that Destro, but it also had Zartan behaving like a Zartan. swamp creature. He was a wild man. He was a uncontrollable, murderous, like scary dude, scary, scary dude, like diving down and strangling Joes on training missions in the swamp. I mean, like it was a, a creepy, creepy issue. Uh, if, for those of you who do collect the Action Force uh, comic books, it was called 
Operation Snakebite. I have no idea what issue number it was, but it appeared in Battle Action Magazine. Anyway, uh, so yeah, I just fell in love with that appearance and like, you know, didn't connect with the presentations of Destro since. I do not buy the sort of the bolted collar look. I like the fact that version one Destro's helmet or mask kind of just, I mean, it, it, it observes the seam line in the, the articulation. It ends underneath his chin. So where his neck would continue down into the body, that's where it ends. It's, it's, it just has a, a simple line, um, where the helmet is and where it isn't. And I like that. They could have lifted his look from, uh, that character, Clytus, from Flash Gordon. Oh, that yeah. Had, yeah. Uh, they that could have referenced true. that. I'll buy that. That is actually yeah. very true. I stand convinced as well. Robbie, do you want to throw out your notable mentions or should I? Well, let's go reverse alphabetical on this. Yeah, I'll, I'll do mine first. Some of my notable crotches include Daltone, which is, I mean, it was just a very standard G.I. Joe crotch, but he has this cool, like, silver belt. Buckle, silver belt with these cool little like um, technological devices on his you know on his hips so I thought it was pretty cool the original croc master with his gigantic crocodile eye buckle ah ditto same here like he's like it's watching you it's watching you <laughs> <laughs> annihilator from uh, 1989 who basically has this cool well not really cool I'd say but he has a gold buckle and these uh, silver straps which cross at the back which is essentially like an X marks the spot <laughs> and he's got the purple pants on, so read into it's like that. Like a butterfly tattoo. <laughs> and then also Barricade from '92. He has probably the most armored GI Joe crotch I've seen. Ain't nobody getting in there. <laughs> oh, oh, out of there. And then probably for me the the sexiest um would probably or the crotch would have been a uh, version eight of Scarlet in 2007 because it's it's a very full bum. It's, I mean, it's not Kardashian full, but I mean, it's, um. She does have a rather apple bottom kind of figure, mm. that figure. Uh-huh. It, and it's, it's, it fills out nicely. And then a, the runner up for best ass would probably be Baroness version 12 from 2009. She's pretty tight. And she's also yes, wearing a nice belt too. Yeah, it's, it's, it's yes. pretty good. It's a lot of, a lot of stepping up onto his tanks. <laughs> it, it keeps her tight. <laughs> yeah, you know. And that's probably why Cobra Commander is so tight too, you know. Getting up and down on, on, on top of his tanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, notable mentions for Mouths, uh, or, um, Norgahide, um, from 89, who's this great gritted teeth look to him. In fact, he has a mustache as well, kind of just completes the look. Totally. <laughs> um, I have to mention Scoop, just because Scoop. His look is it, a little smug. I wouldn't say, yeah, it's, it's almost expressionless, but he looks a little bit smug. And then also Mutt has, has a, has a, from 84, has a great grimace. Um, once again, framed by a moustache. And then for my most inscrutable or kind of like scariest, like, I mean, I know you've all kind of agreed that, that, um, Destro has this very like blank stare that you can kind of read anything into and it could be, it's very menacing. Um, I think I, I gotta, I gotta bring it back to our, our old favorite, um, Duke from 83 with that, the uh, chubby, cheeky, little too happy smile on his face. <laughs> that is creepy to me. I mean, you guys find Destro creepy? Yeah, Duke, right. all the way. <laughs> that shit-eating grin. <laughs> like I'm a nutty poster boy and I just mowed grin. down a couple of innocents. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a little too happy for a soldier. And it's it's not like a like an, a good happy. It's a fucking creepy <laughs> happy. That's my notable mentions. 
Paul, hit us Me. with the information download. General Hawk version 1, or they call it version 1, but it's not. It's the 91 Hawk. I just love the head sculpt. I think it's uh, very, very well done. And the eyebrows are raised. The one is raised a little higher than the other. And I really think it's got a slight smirk. And although I'm looking at it now, I'm looking at the picture, I'm not seeing what I normally see when I see this figure. But I also get a bit of a smirk from Hawk's face there. Like, I got a jetpack. You know, you know, that kind of thing. It's just like, there's just a vibe to him that I've always dug that, you know, and I just like that design quite a bit. It's sort of evocative of Gambit in a weird way. Um, another figure for both crotch and um, head sculpt is Rampart, a figure that Rob should be fairly familiar with. Rampart, uh, crotch, for some of the same things that Steven has said about other figures in that it's got a very functional crotch. It's got a little uh, post that goes on the side to help him mount that very cool machine gun that it comes with, and I find that the head sculpt is a very interesting one because it's one of those head sculpts that, for me, looks better than the card art. It's got this uh, great sort of stitching pattern on the hoodie part that goes uh, over slash under the cap, and I just like a lot of the details, the little mouthpiece, the face. He's got this, like, getting shit done face. Cool figure, cool sculpts for both the crotch and the face. Backblast. Backblast. I love that snore, that moustache. Very cool little helmet that he's got there. Also, uh, great raised detail on the helmet implies that there's mesh. That's quite a common feature for helmets from sort of circa 1970, 1980. Most South African helmets had a mesh as well. So it's cool to see that kind of thing. That face sculpt is also very intense. He's got a lot of character in his face, and that makes him very interesting, at least to me. The Frag Viper, I just love shit that looks like a bug. And Frank Viper's head sculpt is very bug-like, very um, reminiscent, I suppose, of Firefly from Batman, but kind of better and, and cooler in a lot of ways for me. And um, incidentally, also, it will fuck you. It has yes. a protrusion like a like an insect proboscis. Yes. So, so UB69 in the Frag Viper... You're you going to get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody is. You're going to remember it. You're going to remember it. Both ends. Uh, both ends. Obviously, Norga Hyde. I mean, that guy, there's a man that loves what he does. I mean, look at that <laughs> smile. He is so fucking happy. And and I love it. It's just such a bad guy. Uh, Darklon. I mean, what the fuck is that mask? Really? I mean, it's kind of like, it's kind of like an octopus is like, face mask violating him in the worst way ever he is just in there it's so gimpish i like and dislike darklon it's a love-hate relationship with the figure but the thing one of the things i really do like is that head sculpt it is one nasty ass looking thing and i love it two-tone eye holes i mean the green rings around the sort of the off pink like those those eye slits are that's pretty unique they could have yeah, just gone with that's... white, a white paint app, but they did those kind of rings. It almost makes him look, I, I don't know, like... Lizard-like. Exactly. Exactly that. Yeah. Hmm. I'll save my dark wand fire for another day. He also doesn't have an automated crotch piece like Mindbender, just putting that out there. The Toxa Viper. Toxa Viper's uh, actual face sculpt is very reminiscent of Anakin Skywalker underneath the uh, helmet of Darth Vader. 
Very cool head sculpt, something I've always appreciated a little bit more than his helmet. Um, it's just a pity about using brown accents for the eyebrows and eyes because I find that it just throws the color off and that skin tone in hand does come across as a bit more orange than sort of beigey skin tone. So it does kind of throw off the colors, but when you actually take the time to look at the detail on that thing, it's a very, very cool head sculpt and it's very kind of menacing. It's It's got like a trap jaw vibe to it as well. It's just nasty. Psych Out's crotch. The guy's called Psych Out, and look at the bulge in that man's crotch. Everything about this guy is about psyching you out, and there he is. He's got a freaking massive dong in his trousers. So, there you go. That's that's uh, Psych Out. <laughs> Tunnel Rat. I gotta say, Tunnel Rat has got one of the best-looking face sculpts in the Joe series. Uh, it's definitely one that I'm a huge fan of. Um, I love the little uh, paint stripes for the camo. Uh, I love his little bandana. Oh, well, yeah, I suppose you could call it a bandana, yeah. And it's Larry Hammer. Let's not overlook that fact. It is the face sculpt of Mr. G.I. Joe. And it's very reminiscent of Larry Hammer in his youth as well. If you look at some of Larry Hammer's old pics and stuff that he posts of his bad old days when he had his long hair and he was playing in his rock band and stuff, you can definitely see Tunnel Rat there. Outback, holy shit, Outback's got also very handsome-looking uh, face sculpt. Uh, well, head sculpt, this man uh, is one sexy outdoors man. Um, he's a little, from his bandana to his beard to that sort of um, intense look in his eyes. I know a lot of people like to liken this guy or like to um, compare him to Chuck Norris. For me, I have always seen him as a bit of a Kurt Russell. Um, he just has that, and I think other people have agreed with me because they've done a few videos and they've often used him as a Kurt Russell kind of character. Crockmaster, that crotch. The crutch of Crocmaster Saruman. <laughs> uh, wow. Sauron. That's Sauron's freaking crotch piece right there. Plus, how creepy is his gimp mask? Very Bane-esque before Bane was a thing. Crocmaster has got it all. And yes, he, he happens to be a notable mention. Low light. Uh, it's funny that Steve mentioned him earlier as well. Although I'm going to focus my attention on the head sculpt, not so much the giant zipper. I just always felt that he has enough mystery, he's got an attitude in his face, he's very like hardcore looking. You definitely get that Tom Berenger look from him, you know, which is which is a lot of fans have sort of tacked on to as well. Uh he just he just evokes badassery. You know that his voice sounds raspy like he's eaten a box of cigarettes. This man is insane. <laughs> the eels uh Okay, Modern Era Eels is one of my favorite head sculpts because those eyes are so intense. Uh, but Vintage Era Eels has the same kind of look. There's like a weirdness in the face there. You can see there's a real human being in that wetsuit. And I've always been very impressed with how well that they've done that, that helmet with the little nubin and everything and how everything connects to it and attaches. Unfortunately, it didn't get into my absolute favorite uh, head sculpt pieces because it requires other parts to make it complete. So by itself, it does not quite have all of the allure. Moving right along, Shipwreck, not his head, but his crotch. Yes, he has a little hook to hold his crazy ass hook and string. Ah, the but he's the first accessory. one to invoke that feature. I Very said it so. was 87's gung-ho dress blues version, but no, you're right, it's Shipwreck. The first crotch piece to have a play feature. And you know what? I would have corrected you, but my brain also filled in the blanks as it was, um, uh, and told me it was shipwreck. It must just be because it's blue. My brain just also went there. 
That's why I didn't correct you. Tomax for Crotch Sculpt. I'm glad you brought that up. Can everyone just have a look at Tomax and Zamart's crotch, please? Please, gentlemen, have a look. What, what does it look like to you? An angry panther. Looks like a vag. Thank you, Robert. It looks like the female reproductive organs. I see ovaries, I see fallopian tubes, I see a uterus, and I see a vagina. Thank you. I don't know if that was intentional to make the Crimson God commanders uh, pussies, but it's there. It's right there. It's in the skull. <laughs> I, I, I just thought it was like just a, a sort of fuel for a double entendre because it's kind of like a snake motif over his snake. Uh, I just like what the color combination. What do you say about that, Cujo? Your beloved <laughs> Crimson God commanders, Tomax and Zaymod. I think we might have to make this a G.I. Joe After Dark special. This might have to be its own thing. No, you're you're dead on. You're dead on. You prefer them in a suit anyway. <laughs> That's the beauty of G.I. Joe, though, brother. Like, there's stuff hidden in this line, and we're just finding it. That's why it's rad. Other notable mentions, and my last two, so this will be done in a few seconds, Snow Serpent. Snow Serpent has a ugly face when you look at it at first, but as you take the time to really look, you can see a lot of very, very cool details that are meant to be there. This is definitely an Arctic Trooper. His head should not be used for anybody else or not be reused for any other kind of Viper because that gear just evokes a very strong bad guy Arctic Trooper presence. And it also ha looks like it's something that should belong in maybe a James Bond film or just some kind of, I don't know, a crazy out there by adventure action film. I love that face sculpt. It dawned on me when I got the modern era figure of him and I was like, holy crap, this is amazing. I wonder how the original looks. And I looked up the original. I was like, shit, my dog. This is a very cool head sculpt. Uh, plus, shit, my dog. There's yeah, it's just, it's it's fantastic. It's got its quality similar to the Iron Grenadier. And lastly, and I'm sure many of our listeners are going to love and agree with this, the Interrogator's Head Sculpt. There is something so badass about the Interrogator's Head Sculpt. It is designed for terror. It's just this red shape on a black surface. Also, once again, very reminiscent of the Iron Grenadiers. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Uh, yeah, what have you. I mean, this is uh, this is a very cool head sculpt. It's very creepy. Uh, the reason it actually came into my crosshairs again is because they've done a modern era figure and somebody on Instagram mentioned that they finally picked one up and that was uh, yesterday that I saw it on Instagram and I was like, damn, that is one menacing head sculpt and one very underutilized figure or one underutilized character within the sort of line and I really wish we could have gotten him as a re-release in the main series and not a figure exclusive. And there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Those would be my runner-ups for heads and crotches. Steam Hurler has a nice crotch. I mean, he has a gun right on it. Yeah. That's some good protection. He's like Tom Savini and from Dust Till Dawn. He's got that little pistolero right by his pistolero. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for YoJo.com. <laughs> you got to say, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. The, the, that's always my go-to when I when I want to research G.I. Joe stuff. I just go straight to yojo.com. But I'm sure a lot of us also do go to 3D Joe's. I was about to say, I actually use 3D Joe's for a lot of my research this time because it was easy for me to see the front and the back of the crotch quickly without having to, like, scroll down and look at two pictures. So kudos to 3djoes.com on that one. Fantastic site, by the way. I actually haven't had a chance to go there in a while. 
time flies and I realized, oh, wow, I haven't been there in a while. And I checked it out and they've got a lot of books and stuff that they've scanned in and put up on the site there. Fantastic, uh, Joe, resource. Anyway, moving along. <laughs> awesome. Shall we uh, leave the gutters and start talking about the, the other gaps that need filling? Oh, yeah. How dare you? Well, let's do reverse alphabetical order, shall we? I think I'll climb in first and say that the two things that G.I. Joe and Cobra both need, uh, need separately, were both items suggested chiefly in the comic books. I'm going to go with the comic books because the cartoon used a whole bunch of non-toy stuff, whether it was Cobra headquarters. I mean, they seem to have a, a layer of the week. Uh, scenario in every single episode there was some cool foreboding castle or some undersea base or sky base or i don't know up in the himalayas like cobra always had some cool hangouts that gi joe invariably bashed to pieces and uh destroyed (laughs) yeah or or cobra set some kind of self-destruct sequence anyway so headquarters is one thing Aircrafts like carriers, aircraft carriers that are airborne was another thing that Cobra used a lot in the cartoon. I'm going to leave that all on the wayside and just go with the ultra essential, ultra realistic base level bits of equipment. And they are both aircraft. And for the Cobra, it is, ah, man, I wish they'd made a toy of this. The Cobra helicopter. I think it was Rod Wiggum who fleshed out its design. For the most part, I think he was instrumental in getting the bare bones of that design right. But it loosely resembles a Sikorsky sky crane because it has a cargo pallet or, or container section which is interchangeable with uh, vehicles and equipment. So you can either have troops inside a kind of a, a personnel pontoon or capsule or you can use it like a sky crane and hoist up vehicles and equipment like paralyzer tanks for instance used in the the later uh, sort of the 130s i think it was of the gi joe comic books anyway so rod probably got it absolutely spiffy in and around the time uh they were creating serpentor and by the time the evacuation of springfield happened in issue 50 the look of those choppers were absolutely nailed and I absolutely adore them. And for many, many a year, I labored under the misconception that the toy actually existed because I lumped it in with the tomahawk. And I thought to myself, if the tomahawk exists, then surely these purple Cobra transport helicopters exist as well. So by 1997 and the dawn of the internet, I found images of the tomahawk. I was like, oh, confirmed. This thing exists. Therefore, the Cobra helicopter must exist in its beautiful purple glory with the massive dual chin turret and the teeth. Come on, you can all see it in your mind's eye right now. Can you not? Yes, I'm sure you can. I totally can. It's a terrific piece of equipment and it does not exist. It is a figment of our imagination and Rod Wiggum's imagination and every other illustrator that has ever worked on the book it's it's a unicorn and a huge gap that needs filling hold on steven cobra needs a transport helicopter come on man it's a mind booty it needs to exist it needs to be created just think of it like it would complement the mumba so well 
You have Mamba attack helicopters flanking a flight of these Cobra troop transport helicopters. It's so distinct and so Cobra and so unlike anything that exists. Using the, the Sky Crane uh, by way of example, it's still way off. Some fans have modded a Chapmay Sky Crane-esque uh, helicopter. Chapmay is a third party. You might be familiar with it. They also did the Osprey kind of knockoff. They were responsible, I think, for the sculpt, or the molding at least, of the, uh, I don't know, transport plane, the Chinook, various uh, toys that a lot of people have used to supplement their G.I. Joe collections. Well, Chapmay did do a Sky Crane-esque helicopter, which had like a cage that you could attach underneath it. It was part of their Wild Quest line, and then probably used for their Dino line and all that shit. <laughs> But it doesn't look right as the Cobra helicopter. You can't just slap some paint on it and some Cobra stickers and and call it Cobra. It, it, it needs to be made to spec. And I don't think we're ever likely to see that, unfortunately. Cool. So that is what I'd like to see in the Cobra motor pool. For G.I. Joe, a C-130. Plain and simple. G.I. Joe is the comic book that made me fall in love with this plane. I since did my research and know it to be a fantastic piece of aviation history, let alone a piece of hardware that is still seeing active use today. And it is just absolutely the most perfect item for a team like G.I. Joe. Its use in the comic book are too frequent and too many to adequately mention right now. But every time it was used, it was an essential plot device. Off the top of my head, issue 21, a beautifully illustrated sequence involving a C-130 dropping Snake Eyes into the most perilous mission of his career to that point. And he'd had a pretty distinguished one, but certainly, I mean, that was a suicide paradrop. And you can bet that Wild Bill was shaken behind the, the control yoke when he was flying through those those mountains. But that's, uh, I mean, that's just one very notable mention. Another, one of my favorite special missions issues, Snowblind, which is issue 22. Some very cool maneuvers from a lovingly illustrated, very accurate C-130 as it uh, drops Frostbite and the Snowcats uh, in a very low-altitude parachute ejection system drop onto the frozen tundra, kickstarting a very cool series of, of action sequences involving snow tanks. I mean, the issue, it's a great standalone. If you are not familiar with it, you should take a gander. And then in the teens of the line, in fact, issue number 13, Hawk pilots a C-130 personally to pick up a team of, of Joes that are besieged in Sierra Gordo, trying to make good their escape on the the, the nation's one <laughs> operable uh, airstrip being pursued by enemy armored cars. They're driving off in a stolen taxi cab. I think it's about like eight Joes crammed into that cab. They race into the hold of the C-130 as it's just touched down on the runway. I mean, it's a very exciting action sequence. And once again, something that I would have loved to play out as a child, but I never had the damn plane. To this day, I do not have an adequate placeholder for it. Sure, true heroes have given us a transport plane, 
but it just doesn't have the capacity. And I know it's a big ask, but this is a toy line that gave us the USS flag, for fuck's sakes. All I want is something that I can drive a vamp into. Is that too much to ask? Please? Or a snowcat? Okay, let's make it a snowcat. If I can put a snowcat in that bad boy, I will smile all the way to my grave. If Toys R Us can, or Toys R Us, or Power Force, or Chapmay, or whoever it is, can make a C-130 uh, with the kind of tooling that they have and the kind of detail that they have, I don't see why Hasbro can't. So I agree with you there, Steve, fully. Thanks, buddy. Next up, Rob. Hey. Well, my 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 carpet choice is pretty actually pretty straightforward. It's it's what you chose, which was the that awesome purple topper. It really is a thing that's missing from the the Cobra lineup, like so much so that I think, um, yeah, it's it's the top thing that most people would say. I'd be very su- oh, I'll, not surprised. I'm I'm hoping that that Paul and Kuja have other choices because otherwise we're all just gonna be like, yeah, same as what Steve said. But C- yeah. C-130 and helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely that their purple transport. Yeah, we we need one of those. Cobra always needed one, at least toy wise. Um, we got it in the comics, just never as a toy. Something that I felt in general that they're both Joe G.I. Joe and Cobra, but this is more like my, my G.I. Joe option, um, is that yes, we got, we got many small subs, like, you know, one man subs, and then Cobra had, uh, you know, the Cobra bug and the hammerhead. We never got any proper, <laughs> we never got any proper submarines. Like, like in the cartoons, like, the Cobra had, like, a submarine or two, you know, especially when they first started introducing those weird, um, doppelganger... Synthoids. 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 Yeah, there we go. Yes. When they first introduced the Synthoids, you know, they kind of shoot them up through the tubes of the, of the submarine or whatever. It is so much fun to have a toy and be able to play with it, like, in water. Okay, I, I suppose, you know, most people wouldn't want to do that, but... You're kidding, right? I always play with my toys in the bath. Carry on. <laughs> but I, I just always felt that it was missing. I mean, I think probably the best, and by, you know, when I'm saying best, I don't mean best, like the only option that G.I. Joe ever really got was the Barracuda. It's a mini-sub for one person, and it, it doesn't even feel like a G.I. Joe vehicle. It just feels like something you get um, from any other toy, you know, cheap toy line, like, hey, here's a little sub, you know, have a little fun. It's but so yeah, Fisher-Price. Yeah, a Fisher-Price thing, but I think in general that they really should have got a proper submarine. Both teams had them. Uh, yeah. absolutely. Both teams had proper, proper submarines. At least Shark in the comic book. Yeah, and in the, and in the cartoon. <laughs> let me, let me muddy the waters just a little bit. No, I was actually on that same train of thought. I was thinking that the October Guard could use like a, a big, you know, wolf sub, you know, in the way that you could do it. Cause most of the time when you're playing Joe, it's a broken battlefield, you know? So like, if you just had the top of a sub and you could slide it along the carpet, like, if it goes underwater, you just pick it up and take it out of play. But, like, you could have, like, a flat sub up top, and you could have, like, gun turrets and little observation bubbles. I mean, that'd be dope. Yeah, you exactly. You mean, like, a playset. It, it, it would, yeah, it would yeah. be, like, a playset, kind of like the flag, but, like, in or essentially in reverse. Actually, it would essentially be the shape of a flag. But no, it would be yeah, the shape smaller, of, like, a sub. Yeah. It would just be a sub. Yeah, yeah with with the coning tower. Coning tower? yeah. Conning, um, that, that'd whatever. be sick, dude. That'd I be like sick. Conning. Yeah, it would be super sick if you could get that. Because like there's so many like, like <laughs> there's so many like cool representations of subs like in popular media. And then yes, the comics themselves for G.I. Joe, um that like subs were just a missed opportunity. There's one aspect of G.I. Joe that wasn't properly explored toy wise. 
an absolutely part of G.I. Joe's sort of typical style of operations. I mean, you get inserted stealthily by sub, you do some bad shit, and then get hauled out very quickly by helicopters. I mean, that's that's how special forces teams operate. Yep. Yeah. You need torpedo to get some more, like, in-his-element action. You can't have him, like, rappelling down walls with flippers on. That just doesn't make sense. <laughs> I think you all- read Night Attack rather recently. <laughs> <laughs> you know I have, brother. Yes, that, 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 that's me. Subs and the awesome chopper that Stephen and I both really want. Paul, you're up next, buddy. When I when I threw this topic out there, I used a Cobra helicopter as an example of what I meant for the to- uh, for the topic. So um, I'm glad that you know Steve feels the way he does about having a personnel uh, carrying Cobra trooper and a C-130 and also Rob's submarine. Um, okay, so I had also uh, what had actually the genesis of this idea came from uh, my numerous visits to toy stores, as I'm sure you gentlemen do as well. Uh, and I always see the true heroes uh, stuff there, and I'm often uh, tempted to pick it up, uh, but uh, inevitably don't because it's not Joe, and it is not exactly cheap either. I mean, 600 bucks for some of those items, I could actually just suck on the big one and go into eBay and get myself some uh, a more or something for 800 bucks, and you know, ship it for 600 bucks. And although that sounds ridiculous, it's a GI Joe vehicle. Uh, which makes it more valuable, and uh, it's sort of more deserving of my very limited shelf and house space. So, so suck on the big one. So suck on the big one and get yourself a more. But the thing is here is that it got me thinking, like, wow, the reason I'm feeling compelled to buy this stuff is because it is missing in G.I. Joe. It's not – there aren't equivalents of this in G.I. Joe, and why the hell did Hasbro not do this, brand, uh, do this in their branding? And, yes, a C-130 would have been – I think an easy kill for Hasbro. They could have printed money with a C-130, no problem. Uh, a submarine, as Rob mentioned, also doesn't have to be much bigger than something like a Tomahawk um, and would have also printed money for for Hasbro. And for both the Joes and Cobra, uh, I think they both need those. Uh, also, a Cobra personnel helicopter, we've spoken about it, we've mentioned it before in other episodes, also something that's missing. But... Here are the things that I think are missing from the line, starting with an actual heavy ordnance transport vehicle. So, for example, a giant truck that actually carries things like a Mauler and a Mobat and all the other cool heavy stuff around because tanks use a lot of petrol. Okay, and moving them from one place to another is kind of cumbersome. To get a tank or whatever through a city, you know, across state lines is a little bit tricky if you want to, you know, just drive the tank through. So I don't know why they've never considered making sort of a flatbed truck thing where you could actually put all of the stuff on the back. Other the APC for the carry 20 Joes, we could have had something that could have at least carried two tanks, two Mobats, or maybe a Mauler or you know, it's just something, something that could have just been interesting, maybe some Wolverines, just something to, to move some heavy ordnance around. And they could have G.I. Joe'd it up by making it sort of have this things covered so that, so that it's kind of a secret, you know, like they could have had some kind of play feature, could have opened up and been a bit of a base kind of attack thing as well. And you could, you know, keep your tanks and, and sort of uh, work on your tanks. I know something like that exists in a sense because of the mobile command center, but no, not really. Um, Chapman did something like that. They have. A, uh, they've got like a, a missile carrier 
but you can take the, yes. the missile out. I mean, it's a yes. gigantic, like, dildo-looking thing of a thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, well, no, not quite. It looks like a looks like a vibrator. It's yeah, it's obscene. Anyway, um, Ma- <laughs> Mamba MB. Yeah, it's exactly. got a play feature exactly. for adults. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, Watch that first. It's an allusion to the the Rolling Thunder in a sense, but it's just a single missile. You can take the whole route out, the whole crane, the whole the whole setup uproot everything, and you're left with yeah. just a flatbed truck, which. I think is wide enough to hold a Mobat. I will test this well, out. Well, I've seen a very cool one by True Heroes that's currently in stores now um, that could hold a Mobat and a Mola because it is designed, it is actually the functionality of that toy is to carry ordnance around and it's got a little ramp and everything as well, which I just thought was really novel. It's just, I just don't, I just don't have the space for it. I mean, I would totally get it if it was GI Joe, if it existed in the GI Joe realm, because then I would make space for it as a GI Joe vehicle. Having this giant awkward chat mate thing that I still have to go and do work on, I just don't want to drop that kind of dollar on that. And there we go. That's why I want that. Another thing, Mask, as it turns out, wasn't a super popular show, but was actually a super popular toy, from, from what I understand. Um, but surely Hasbro could have done something to counter that, and. You guys might call me crazy here, but having transforming vehicles within the Joe line, I think would have been cool. I think having like some kind Stop of like, it. not a sports car, but maybe like a cool uh, kind of APC that could turn into like a submarine, you know, have the little wheels go in and it could go underwater. Um, that kind of thing, that kind of idea for both Joe and Cobra, they could have made it an interesting subset. They could have Ooh, made it uh, sort of... What re- about this? What about this? What about a tank? That becomes a helicopter. <laughs> Fuck off. Or a submarine that becomes a jet. Hey? Yeah. No, you can but, do like, but hear me out. And Cobra. Yeah, but but yeah, I know, right? But that's the whole joke of the thing. It's like how cool it would it be if we could have that for three three quarter inch scale figures, and they could make it very GI Joe. They could make it legit for GI Joe, and I still think that. Paul, I don't think you get me, man. I don't think you get me at all. I think I, I totally get you, dude. They've my, done it already. My cynicism has flown squarely over your head. No, <laughs> you've. I know, they've done it already. I know. I know they've done <laughs> the it. The Dominator, the Shark, the Sea Ray. I mean, there are multi-purpose vehicles, transforming vehicles, if you will, in the Joe line. But I get what you mean. Like, there's something very yeah, cool about could... mask vehicles in a Joe scale. Yeah, conceptually, that's very cool. And this idea I got when I saw a 1 to 12 scale transforming GT40 uh, that transforms into a robot. But I was like, mm, that's kind of cool. And I like a GT40 and it's close to Joe scale. Anyway, moving right along. Other things, playsets. I thoroughly feel that G.I. Joe is lacking playsets, and it's something that I think He-Man capitalized on very well. He-Man didn't have a lot of playsets, but it was very smart in that its playsets sort of worked with the castles. So you had a lot of playsets from He-Man's side and from Skeletal's side and from Hordak and all that, and they kind of had... It wasn't just an aesthetic thing. You could kind of put them all together to make Snake Mountain more of an interesting castle. You could put stuff together to make Grayskull more of an interesting place. There were separate items that were released that uh, actually helped you furnish Castle Grayskull and furnish Snake Mountain. Not that many, but conceptually, it's a very, very cool idea. And I would have loved it if we had seen that. And this is something 
I'm sure a lot of our listeners have seen some guy did a mock-up of a G.I. Joe box for uh, Destro's Son and Castle. And, but he did it up as like, as if it was like a real toy with all of the features and stuff. I wish something like that existed. I would love to see, well, we're never going to get it, but it would have been cool to get play sets from both Cobra and Joe. Yes, I know we got the HQ and I know we have the tactical battle platform, but I don't feel that they should have stopped there. It would have been great to have gotten locations from the cartoon and from the comic, notably the Silent Castle. It would have been cool to just get stuff like that because that stuff in the beginning, you know, the checkpoint alpha and all that was really interesting. And I'm sure, Steve, you can attest to this. Having that there just adds a certain richness to playing with Joes. And I would like that kind of thing, too. And I know we need it because most Joe customizers and a lot of the really cool G.I. Joe fans out there that make stuff are making stuff like that. They're making, you know, diorama sets, you know, like walls and, and special rooms and things like that because it's stuff that's missing from the line. And second last thing, furniture. Odd, yes, I know, but it would be great to have something like a Cobra throne room. It's used a lot in the cartoon. It would have been great to have seen it in toy form. It would have been cool if they did Cobra Commander's throne. They could have added some battle features like hidden weapons and, you know, like a little gun stash and... A commode. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, with the real flashing action. But it would have just been interesting because they could have made it kind of like a build-up thing where you could just set up stuff. You know, these Joes are always like standing everywhere. And the only time they get to sit is when you put them in the HQ, a vehicle or the Terradrome. And those are great places. But when do they take a number two? When do they take a number two? <laughs> they need to have a sit <laughs> on a throne. They need on a throne. <laughs> and oh, I haven't left the gutter, unfortunately, gentlemen. It's that, it's that kind of nice. Good man. Good man. No reason to. to no reason. I just feel like that kind of stuff, like more role-playing uh, kind of scenario sets to G.I. Uh, Joe would have been awesome. Good job. Could have been more interesting. And uh, the other thing, role-play, not that kind of role-play, Kujo. Uh, uh, and then lastly, this might seem maybe unappealing to a kid of the time, but they could have done, not like sort of man-of-action-style characters, but more like a scientist, like a really important scientist that comes with some kind of isotope or something. Just... People to kidnap is what I'm getting at, okay? The Joes need people to kidnap, and the Cobras need, like, shady kind of, you know, lawyer types and gangsters and stuff like that that are not necessarily uh, Cobra or are not necessarily, like, sort of aligned or anything. Just just sort of like, you know, some cannon fodder or, should I say, collateral damage. I think that both lines are missing collateral damage. And uh, dinosaurs... <laughs> With armor um, and guns. Dynamite. Gotta get some dinoriders in there. Mask and dinoriders. Please. I need some dinoriders. But and then my last one, covert operatives. Yes, I know that they both have covert <laughs> operatives. But what would covert be very cool once it's not again, your lucky day. We are the covert operatives. We shoot to kill and then we're on our way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 <laughs> A little music interlude. Thank you. Also, and Steve knows this but, uh, with me, that I often like to buy, like, stupid shit with the hopes of customizing it to be sort of innocuous. Like, for example, it would be really cool if there was some kind of Cobra vehicle that looked like a van that specializes in insect removal and 
uh, like pest pest specialists or something, but inside or like it had some kind of feature where things open up and it had rockets and all those kind of things, like a covert kind of force for both sides so that they could operate within civilian areas without causing a ruckus, without drawing too much attention to themselves. Sometimes I saw that, that in the also... comic book, like an Arbco yes. van or truck, the Arbco yes. traveling circus, a bunch of trucks that, you know, his tanks rolled out of the back of. Yeah, bro, I see I see the connective tissue of your uh, your various suggestions here. That kind of stuff would be very cool, and I think it would have uh, added to the mythos that is G.I. Joe. I think it would have helped G.I. Joe move away. Not that I'm saying G.I. Joe had to move away, but I just I just think that soldiers in America and, and guns, guns, guns sometimes comes across as a bit like, you, you know, I think people started turning that into a joke, and I think Hasbro could have evolve the line to just have a bit of that spy cloak and daggers kind of thing going for it you know just going forward maybe making it more interesting because we were getting into the 90s and the 90s were introducing us to those kind of shows i mean we were uh, johnny quest at one point started up and johnny quest had a similar premise and we also had the james bond jr stuff and you know that did well with kids even though it's like Street not Sharks? well remembered Oh, yeah, no, maybe not Street Sharks. <laughs> Biker Mice from yeah. Mars? Hey, Biker Mice from Mars is cool. It's still cool. Anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, that would be... Adventures. Hey, man, the 90s were awesome. The 90s were super awesome. But yeah, guys, that would be like my two cents or where I come from. $200 more like and I also urge you guys, just our listeners, to go and check out this guy. I check out this dude on um, on Instagram. He is a very cool, or seems to be a very cool guy. I mean, I, we haven't had, like, conversations or anything. But his Instagram account is GIJoeFan312. And this guy creates some outrageously awesome customs. Things that I've... <laughs> wow. Uh, he has done some amazing stuff, and he currently does cool little arcade machines, and he often puts Joes together with them. He's just recently done some customizing of a Thunder machine that looks legit. This guy's really cool. You guys should check him out, especially if you're like me and you want to fill in these weird gaps in your G.I. Joe collection. Guys like that are the guys to speak to. Anyway, moving right along. Cujo, what have you? Yes, I'm on standby, as always. I don't know, brother. You talk like a marketer. Like you, you talk like somebody that works in advertising. I, I don't know about those things, but but you know I'm an animal lover. I'm gonna go that way. There's a couple of beloved characters from early on in the Joe line that just didn't really get framed on the regular like they should have been. The first would be Wild Bill. I just love the character because he's old west. Why doesn't he have a horse? Like I, I don't think it should come in in the figure packaging. But he he could go for a horse. You could work that in. And his his bunches and armor. Stop that! Stop that! Um, but we'll call it his, battle horse. <laughs> no, it's just a horse, man. Sometimes sometimes the the plane drops out of the sky, and you got to uh, tame a stallion, you know, to get away from the hiss tanks. Um, I, I'm just seeing a halo drop with wild bull on the back of a horse. And the horse is like, I hope you drop the suit soon. <laughs> Actually, I, I'm, I'm in now. I like it. But his counterpart, Wild Weasel, like, Wild Weasel should have a weasel. Like, just a little piece of wire with some rubber on it that you can wrap around his shoulders. And how badass would that be if he's flying around and that thing's asleep on the, uh, 
cockpit counter. Sounds like a hazard to me, but okay. If it's a tame enough weasel, it doesn't freak out at high altitudes and like hectic maneuvers. I was about to say, when he's pulling three Gs, that weasel's going to be on the window. It's going to be like an instant cockpit window cleaning situation. No, but he comes with a cute little G suit. You guys are thinking like (laughs) men. You got to think like action heroes. I mean, that thing's just, it's, it's a, it's in its element. That's how it would be. So it's outside. It is. It just, it just kind of, it slinks around. It's kind of an extension of his personality, kind of like uh, Timber to, to Snake Eyes. By no means do I mean any flattery about this next turn, but one of the things that has made the G.I. Joe line thrive is its inclusion of personalities in society. It started out with Refrigerator Perry. It moved on to uh, Sergeant Slaughter. You know, they handpicked these people that, like, had kind of professional wrestling careers, etc. People that you could make logical... Oh, of course, and Scoop. Um, you know, people that you can make logical leaps with. And I think that they need to start to approach that again because we're uh, kind of a celebrity-driven society. So, like, start reaching out to some people and drop some celebrity figures. I love what the Collectors Club is up to right now because they're, they're releasing characters from the, uh, the fan fiction. And honestly, like, you look at the heroes of the G.I. Joe line right now. We're on Skype right now. Like we're we're creating conversation. I don't I don't know why Hasbro hasn't kind of harnessed that yet. But um, I just thought of the Caitlyn Jenner figure. Carry on. <laughs> really, Paul? Really? Um, yeah, I mean it's like a, it's got a changeable crotch piece and everything. It's a guy. It's a girl. It's a. Oh it's Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> I think we have our winner chance. That is the best crotch piece the GI Joe line <laughs> has ever not produced. <laughs> Yes. Well, let's hope it doesn't. But that's that's what I'm saying. Like, reflect society. And, like, let's make a three-pack. There's the October Guard. That's cool. But G.I. Joe hasn't done a great job of unveiling the world. There's no team from your country. So I have an idea. Why don't you make a three-pack of, of lone gunmen that are in Africa that the G.I. Joe work with and the Cobra are aware of? Bro, our special forces guys are so fucking secret, like, we don't even know if we have them. <laughs> Dude, let, let me put it like this way. Yeah. One of the things that our special forces guys have to do is strangle a puppy to death. I'm not actually fucking joking. No, no, no. Hold on, hold on. You right now. Trust me, nobody wants that action figure. <laughs> okay. no, no. Dude, I'm talking about you gentlemen. Like, the whole world knows Africa is where it's at. Because nobody ever talks about it. We live in an age of hype. Like, uh uh-uh. Like, nobody ever talks about Africa because it's the mineral richest. They have the most... You guys have, like, the best of everything. It's just all in a couple people's hands. And we don't have Kardashians. Yes. Move along. Actually, that is is the the capper. Um, We do have Boko Haram. (laughs) Let's not lose sight of that. And uh, the slaughter of Kenyan students. You guys are rife for an identity, and G.I. Joe could do that, illustrate culture. And honestly, like, Hasbro needs to start looking at the people that are really embracing this brand and throwing ideas at them. Um, I'm not going to turn this into a soapbox, but you guys do, you guys do deserve uh, some credit. Like, you've brought intelligent conversation to a line that is kind of in a box right now. So, yeah, we, we can go 69 because nobody else is talking about anything. So what you're saying is that we shouldn't release a Devil's Three-Way three-pack with Kanye, Kim Kardashian, and Caitlyn Jenner. 
You need to curb we that are shit right now. A devil's <laughs> what? A three pack of anyway. you, me, no, and I, Rob. I, got, I got it. I got it. You, you got the dark continent cabal. That's what you guys are. That's all. Dude, I can tell you now, if we could do a Ricky set, Steven's got some great names for some characters that he's made up. We could make some, like, Kufut guys or South African Special Forces guys. We can invent those guys, no problem. Well, what's your code name, Paul? Deadly <laughs> Pencils, come on. Nah, it's got it's to it's gotta be Afrikaner. Hosepipe. What? Dude, Deadly Pencils is pretty sick. No, my dad just likes to joke and call me Hosepipe. Anyway, moving along. Wow. Um, <laughs> what? That's Tainslung. A Hosepipe is a Tainslung, yeah? Slung. <laughs> Obviously, Steven would be a fallen out student of Zartan. Rob would be some kind of like a cross between the comic book guy from The Simpsons and Dial Tone. Nice, I like it. And of course, like Paul would be the uh, weapons weapons logic guy. Oh, I got a linchpin, dude. Harambe. Haram. What, what's that one ape's name that we just killed over here? Harambe. Who's who's now nice. a celebrity? That's who needs to be your animal companion. Harambe with a backpack on, maybe he's carrying a mortar. Who knows? That ape is a celebrity now. Like, they can't keep t-shirts with him on it on the shelves. So, where are you, G.I. Joe? Yeah, we should have totally G.I. Joe and the zombie gorilla commando. Cool. Dude, can you, can you, you guys, you guys are ready for the three-pack. You guys have carried the G.I. Joe torch for 69 conversations. Where are you, Hasbro? Bakujo? The real yep. question is, what is the military specialization and vehicle that you feel is missing from Cobra and G.I. Joe? I think Rob, when he uh, talked about a sub, just give us 50% of the sub. It just slides across the carpet, and when it's underwater, it's gone. That's all. Something I actually wanted to mention earlier, but I was just worried that I was talking too much. You didn't get around to it. I didn't get around to it, actually. <laughs> you drowned yourself out. <laughs> Yeah, I talked myself out of the whole thing. Like, I couldn't mention it because I was too busy talking. Yeah. Paul, uh, bring us home, yeah. brother. Bring us home. I can't get enough of you. I think it would have been so cool if they had done a October Guard subset. would have been cool. I think it would have been great to have had the October Guard and one or two vehicles with them. I think it's Jim Godfrey that did that, that really cool little Russian vehicle. That is seen in the pages of the comics. That is something that is missing on the Joe line. The Kremlin kitty cart. Yes, I nice. think it is so cool. And and also, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I'm not opposed to having a Hind D in my G.I. Joe motor pool. An October God special customized Hind D. That would be very, very cool and very welcome in a line that may or may not have too many helicopters or vehicles. Fuck it, we want more. You know, we're just big kids. <laughs> I guess that's a wrap on 69, gents. Yeah, we have definitely filled that gap. Mmm, from both ends. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, G.I. Joe and Cobra are totally missing out on some of the best action features, ideas, play sets, vehicles, transformable vehicles or not, C-130s, crazy helicopters, all things that a G.I. Joe fan would love to have. And maybe with this age of 3D printing technology, those of us intense hobbyists out there could probably get around to making our dreams come true and let's hope that you guys are listening to our show feel free to reach out and touch us if you have any great ideas or have any of these things which you would like us to either buy from you or review so that we can make you very rich other than that great heads and great crotches i think that's the way forward 
Uh, hopefully on episode 169, we might even touch in on some of the more modern era, best head sculpt and best crotch sculpt, because you and I both know, and I mean you, our listeners, both know that there are a lot of fantastic face sculpts in the modern era line, and here's uh, hoping that we get to 169 to talk about it. I'm also found on another podcast, and we're just about to drop a G.I. Joe conversation about the Fallen Hero. So keep your eyes open for that, and I'll, I'll link it in the show notes. Very serious conversation. Oh, and uh, I've been getting some chatter from uh, Twitter about G.I. Joe. I thank you, gentlemen. I've seen some collections that are quite mind-blowing. Um, I like that Darth Vader in the package on your wall, by the way. Uh, you know who I'm talking to. And, uh, yeah, that's welcomed uh, at 86 Cujo. Come at me. Thank you. G.I. Joburg has recently received a, a swelling of support from the community at large. I'd just like to say thank you very much uh, in general to everyone that's liked our Facebook page or hit us up on Twitter or listened to the podcast or saw fit to respond to us via email, via smoke signal. I mean, we've had some fantastic people just getting hold of us and, and enjoying what we do. We are sporadic, but... I'm sure you all agree that the love is very real, and we are so stoked that there are people out there who love watching or listening to the stuff that we do. I mean, we do it because we love it. Uh, the fact that people actually climb in and, and love it right back is is nothing short of overwhelming. Some notable mentions that I'm going to make, we have some new friends and, and old Retro Blasting's Michael French has shown us a lot of love. Hooded Cobra Commander 788, uh, Brian Lower has also gotten a hold of us and really is quite encouraging and wants to collaborate in the future. This could be very exciting. Start us something very new. Some new avenues for G.I. Joburg. We are typically a pretty insular group, but, uh, we do love the notion of doing collaborations, coming onto people's shows, making collaborative YouTube videos. I mean, the sky's the limit. If there are people out there who want to see it, we are very happy to take that journey. A gentleman who's become a very firm friend of G.I. Joburg, Jim Godfrey from the UK. The man is a masterful customizer. His stuff is incredible. And he went about filling a hole that we should have actually mentioned in this episode. And I'm glad I'm getting the chance to cap us off with it. He made a whale hovercraft that could accept a armadillo into its hold. He modified the ramp and cargo bay area, hollowed it out, and made it such that you could actually fit small vehicles inside. That is bloody brilliant, and something that Joe and Cobra both need. They need a landing craft. It blows my mind, the idea that a whale could ever hold a Mobat. Well, it can't. It never could. It It's not quite big enough. It's a big hovercraft, but not big enough. But Jim did a very, very cool and very close approximation to that concept, and it's hella impressive. Find this man. Ask him about it. It's cool. I know I'm leaving people out. Oh, yes. Strident. Ewart D'Souza. Just made contact with him this very evening. Very stand-up guy. Great YouTube channel. You'll see it under Strident. S-T-R-Y-D-E-N-T. Does a lot of modern era stuff. Very comprehensive and a very nice guy on top of that.
that's it for my shoutouts. This has been episode 69. We've had an absolute blast. Or as you would say, in South Africa, we've had a jaw. <laughs> this is Steve. I'm going to sign out. Goodbye, good night, Godspeed, uh, and keep Jones in for Joe. Jeez, I'm, I'm ridiculous. I've had a few. Uh, that's that's it for me. I'm gonna hand the mic over. From our mouth to your hearts, this is Paul. You say mouth to us? What? <laughs> From our mouth to your hearts, asshole. <laughs> it still sounds like us. <laughs> mouth to your host? hearts? <laughs> Robbie. Yeah, th this is Robert. Thanks, thanks everyone for joining us, for accepting our good head and good crotches. Just bringing everyone together. It's been fantastic. 69 episodes down, four years later, we're still doing it. It's fantastic. Thanks to everyone for being awesome. Good night. Hold on, Kujo, before you jump in, let me just change my thing from our crotch pieces to your head sculpts. This is Paul. From our head sculpts to your head sculpts. This is Paul. You choose the best one, Steve. <laughs> it's still the ass one. <laughs>